Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Recorded live.
Appreciate you being here. Um, tonight we're going to be in Acts chapter 6. And um, as I was saying, you most of you folks, I'm sure, I'm not in the chat room now, so I don't know what if anybody new has come in in the last few minutes. But as I was saying earlier, I'm going, we're going, we're only, there's only 14 verses in Acts chapter 6. And we're going to do those 14 verses tonight because when we get into Acts chapter 7, I've been baiting y'all up. I've been giggling. We've ran to it, and I've made a few sly comments about can't wait to get to Acts chapter 7. So I'm not clear-minded now, so I'm gonna, we'll wait till Friday night to get into Acts chapter 7. Um, I will set you up this much by telling you this. Acts chapter 7 is one of the most important chapters in the whole New Testament. Acts chapter 7 and Romans chapter 7 to absolutely understand New Testament doctrine and what's going on, understanding the mysteries in the Pauline epistles, you have to get a grip on Acts chapter 7 and Romans chapter 7. It's amazing that the Lord would use that. Chapter 7. The perfect number. But that's got nothing to do, the, the seven has nothing to do with the doctrine that's involved there, okay? I'll tell you this, I'll, I'll give you another little tidbit. After Acts chapter 7, there are no more miracles done in Jerusalem that's recorded. None, nana, nah. you hear me? Nana, nah. none. No more Great and wonderful, raising from none of this stuff. All you downloaders from the Glossolia movement, wonder why. Wonder why. You see, if you believe the book, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, you would understand this. The Holy Spirit could use you but once you close your mind off, then it's closed off. And only God can grant repentance to bring you back 
to use a modern colloquialism, online. Okay? So, we'll wait till Friday night to get into Acts chapter 7 in detail. And we'll go ahead and begin with Acts chapter 6. Brother David, if you would, open us in a word of prayer, brother. Yes, I will. Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you thanks this evening that we can open this book again tonight, the words of God, and I pray that you give us insight into Acts chapter 6 and into any other areas of the Scripture that you so choose to lead us to tonight. I pray that a great anointing upon Pastor Don. I pray that you teach him as he teaches and that you give him insights and, and you lead, you teach Father, by the Holy Spirit, and magnify the Lord Jesus Christ through this teaching tonight. And I give praise and thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ for what he's done. I give praise and thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ for what he is doing. I give praise and thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ for what he has done. And I praise the Lord Jesus Christ that he's coming soon and he's going to destroy with the sword of his mouth. His enemies and ours, in the name of Jesus, I give great thanks for this. So be it. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. And praise God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, through Brother David. Turn to Philippians chapter 2, brother, while I'm talking. Okay. Brought back to my remembrance what I wanted to say at the beginning of the program, and it just totally slipped my mind. That's the way the Spirit of God works. Turn to Philippians 2 and uh, while I'm talking. You know, last night I come down pretty hard. Okay? On the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, I think if God gives me wisdom, grace, and mercy, I will continue to come down hard on that subject because of its importance. I guess you hear a lot of stuff. Do you hop around and hear everybody else talking about the Lordship of Jesus Christ in your life? Hmm? I doubt it. I'll tell you now, and we're fixing to read verse 9 through 11 in Philippians chapter 2. You either He's either going to be the Lord of your life now, and you receive reward, for putting him in that position. But he's going to be the Lord of your life one way or the other. You're going to confess him as Lord. As a matter of fact, every tongue, everything that's got a tongue is going to do it. But you, but you, as one of his brethren, You can't do it now. Because you'll never be anything. You'll never, I'll prophesy, okay? Because I know, I know what I'm saying is true. I've watched it among my brethren. The people I graduated from Bible college with, the people I've been associated with in churches all across North America, The only ones that ever do anything for Christ are the ones that have him in the lordship position of of their life. The rest spin their wheels. 
I'm not talking about knowledge. I'm not talking about learning a book. I'm talking about the personal lordship of Jesus Christ in your life. That's why they don't like to deal with the epistles, folks. Hadn't you figured? Hadn't you got enough spiritual discernment to figure that out? All these reprobates out here strowing their heresy. There's going to be some in during the kingdom age that bow have to bow the knee to him, and while they're bowing, they can't stand him. Did you know that? It's in Isaiah. But they're going to bow. Bow now, reign later. Okay? The Lord set the example himself. Wash the feet now of the brethren, and the glorification comes later. His whole life is a metaphor for that very thing. And you're going to serve yourself and your family now. What in the what in the world do you think you're going to do after you take your last breath? The warnings are all through the New Testament. Brother Don has screamed and rant and raved and begged and cried and prayed and pleaded for you to get this stuff. And you know what? I know some of you that listen to this and download, you will eventually. I didn't get it to start with. I was all about knowledge to start with in my Christian life. Learn everything you can learn. I've told you this before and gave you this testimony. Bunch of knowledge with no wisdom. Later on. Later on after the chastening. Then the wisdom came. Maybe it'll be that way with a lot of you downloaders and listeners, maybe even in the chat room. You're never too old, like I said last night. But the older you are, the more urgent it is and the harder it gets. Old habits are hard to break. That's why very few people over the age of 50 ever profess Christianity, if they never did earlier. Did you know that? Old habits are hard to break. So you better be thinking about that, folks. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. So that's a song. Yeah, it is. But it's a scriptural song, say, because it's true. It's true. Everything else would burn up in a fire. Well, at least I'll be there. I done went through that ad nauseum. Ain't going through it no more. Brother David, go ahead and read Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 through 11, brother. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name. Okay, his name comes first. You do you understand his name? And you can pronounce his name. Okay, his name is not 
a bunch of letters with no vowels. All you namers out there. And you surely don't put the unspeakable name in front of his name because his name is above every name. Why is that? Continue reading, Brother David. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. There's another verse that goes along with what I was telling you last night or Friday night, I forgive us, it's been the last two programs about the, how the liars tell you there's no such thing as Abraham's bosom and all the parable. Anyway, go back up and start brother, at verse 8, brother. Uh, let's go a little bit higher and come down through here again. Okay. Verse 8, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Even Where Christ had to learn obedience, folks, because he had a flesh of a man. Okay? But even you're the one that shed his blood to save your sorry and my sorry self had to learn obedience. <laughs> you think that your obedience is just sitting around listening to talk to you programs? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Is there going to be a big surprise on the other side of that last breath for a lot of folks? When you got the master plan in front of you, you just believe what you read and do your best, 100% best, like you've never done in the past, to do what it says. Continue reading, Brother David. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. You see, God hath highly exalted his son above himself. And guess what he put even above his own name? Anybody got you know everybody got the answer? Anybody got the answer? What did he put above his very name, brother? You know the answer, David. His word. His word. Little W. <laughs> Keep on, brother. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Absolutely. You see, there's going to come a period of time in eternity, folks, when everything's turned back over to the Father by the Son. I've I've made mention of that before. It's called the Age of Ages. There ain't a whole lot to teach you on there. We don't know how long that's going to be, but you get hints of it in 1 Corinthians 15, and you also get hints of it in Ephesians. When we went through the book of Ephesians, I think I hit on it a little bit more about the things that are out there that we're in, in eternity. On past the kingdom age, folks. I'm talking about for us. I'm not talking about for the earth dwellers. Okay? I'm talking about for us. I'm talking about the bride. Do 
You know that verse that says, I hath not seen nor ear heard, nor hath entered into the heart of man the things that God hath in store for them that love him? See, that's only, you can't love something you haven't seen without the Spirit inside of you. It cannot be done. It's the, it, 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 it comes, it comes from that inner Spirit, that Spirit from God in you, that, that sealing of the Holy Spirit, that Spirit that dwells within us, that we get at the moment that this flesh is circumcised from the soul. And that's Jesus Christ in you. See, because they're all three as one. Three and one and one and three and the one man in the middle died for me. You know that kind of stuff? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, contrary to the heretics out there try to tell you there's not a trinity. <laughs> oh, yes. See, it's God the Father, and God is the Son, and God is the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ in you. So if you be reprobate, see, they're one. You can't understand it. I can't understand it. Don't profess to, but I believe it. Paul says it was a great, it's one of the two great mysteries in the New Testament. I've taught all, all seven of them. Mentioned them ad nauseum, but there's two great mysteries. One is the one that I teach y'all about the body. And the other one is the mystery of godliness, God manifest in the flesh. Those two are the great, two great mysteries. Okay? Read verse 9 to 11 one more time, Brother David, and you will get to Acts chapter 6. The Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. Pray about it. Work at it. Ask Him to help you. Through the Spirit of God. Because it's the only way you're going to get any help. Because the flesh will not allow it to happen if you depend on the flesh. If you depend on your wisdom, if you depend on your knowledge, it will never work. As, as the old Slewfoot said, skin for skin all a man hath will he give for his life. See, it all, it's all about you and the flesh. The flesh only concerned about itself in the end, see. In the end. That's the reason 1 Corinthians 13 is such an awesome passage. The whole chapter is. Paul gets down to the nitty-gritty. When he says, though I, I give my body to be burned and have not charity, I'm nothing. And just stop and think about that for a second. Though I give my body to be burned. Turn to 1 Corinthians 13, Brother David. Yes. I had no idea the Spirit was going to lead in this direction. But He is, so we're going there. Start reading your verse 1, 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. 
And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Thank you, brother. Do you see that? You see, break, stop and spend a little time with those few verses, folks. And then, then and ask the Lord through the Spirit to show you what I'm talking about. That's got to do with lordship. That's lordship verses. I don't see no debt. You might as well run along, Sonny. Don't get hit in the traffic. Lordship. There's a difference between just being a a Christian and having Jesus Christ as Lord in your life. I don't spend a whole lot of time, you know, pounding that one thing. I pounded it the last two programs because that's what the Lord wants me to do. Somebody needs to hear it. Some of you is already on the right road. In the last three years, I can tell a remarkable, remarkable growth. And some of you. And that's a blessing from the Lord. I could start squalling here in a minute about it. I praise God for it all the time. And for you all the time. Spend a little time. Get in a corner. Get your Bible. Say, Lord, show me what it means for you to actually be the Lord of my life and not just the one that died for me. See, once you understand that, then you understand the suffering doctrine. Then you understand how Peter said to, can say the things he says in First Peter 4, and Paul can say in Romans chapter 8, and in Ephesians chapter 4. Then you can understand that. You can't understand, you'll never understand it. Unless you get the Lordship right first. Because it'll make no fleshy sense to you at all. See, that stuff's not found in wisdom and knowledge. That stuff is found by the Spirit. I keep on, Brother David. I'll start sounding like a charismaniac. <laughs> Let's go back to Acts 6 now, brother. Okay. Think about it, folks. Think about it. Pray about it. Get in a corner with the book and ask the Lord to show you. He will. If you if you're if you're open to the truth, he's, he he will get you the truth. I promise you. But you have to take the step into that light. Acts chapter six, verse one, brother David. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied. 
there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews. Okay, here we have two groups of Israelites, Grecians and Hebrews. Notice it didn't say Jew. It could just as easily have said Jew if Jew was so important. But it didn't. See, if you notice things like that, then it's, it just, you'll understand. It didn't say Jew, said Hebrews. You won't find Jew and Hebrew connected nowhere in the English. Okay? I said in the English. Not as being synonymous, you won't. <laughs> Thanks to your King James Bible. But guess what? There's other versions that do tie them together. <laughs> so you just say you help yourself. Verse 2, brother. It's also interesting that it doesn't say Gentiles. That's right. Because Gentiles could mean Ethiopians or whosoever. Yeah, that's exactly correct. And that's the reason the Holy Spirit put it down in the King James Bible like he did. You see, you're supposed to seek out the truth like pearls, like jewels, see. How do you think Brother Don come to this? I didn't come to it by any other anything other than a King James Bible. It was the Spirit of God that showed me the difference. No man, no Greek text, don't need it. Not if you believe the Lord, believe His words. Read verse 1 again, brother. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. You notice that he's also said, you've got a separation of two different groups of people. They're not yet one body. Did you catch that? He could have said the church. Or he could have said, you know, could have talked like it was all one bite, but it's, they're separate. It's separate. He's, there's racial, there's divisions here. You've got to see the division. Once you start thinking in terms of that, you'll start understanding more and won't be so quick to fluff off something. These words are important, not the sentences. The words. Continue on, brother. Verse 2. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them, and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Okay, somebody has some sense. Now, what are you fixing to get here? You're fixing to get... How many people have become Christian prior to this very thing? I want you to think about it. Look, if you're if if any of you downloaders or whoever hear this, and you're in a local assembly somewhere, or you're in a church somewhere, and they got twelve deacons to for thirty people, I want you to keep in mind the biblical precedents being set here for deacons, folks. 
All right? You remember how many thousand that we saw one place? It was 2,000, another place 5,000 in a multitude. Now we're into Acts chapter 6, and they're just figuring out that, hey, we've got to have some help here. And the Greeks called it disputed between the Greeks and the Hebrews. Because they were neglecting, they were neglecting something that needed to be done in the assembly. They were neglecting the widows. And daily administration. In other words, there wouldn't be there. Was, the reason they were doing that, you're fixing to find out. Continue on, brother. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report. Okay. So for all these thousands, they're supposed to look out. There should be seven. Okay? In a local assembly, there should never be over one per 200 members in a local assembly. Never more than one deacon. You can do the math, folks. I'm talking about the biblical way. I'm not talking about what everybody likes and who wants to be the top dog in the, in the local assembly. That's not what I'm talking about. See? Of course, some of you folks wouldn't know anything about a local assembly anyway. Continue, Brother David. Look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. You see, that's the primary... That is the primary duty of a pastor-teacher. Do you get it? That's his duty. The reinforcement is in First and Second Timothy. And the book of Hebrews, chapter 13. The ones that's feeding you are supposed to be given to the ministering of the word and continuing in prayer. See, that's part that's part of being a pastor. It's praying he's giving his flock what they need. And the thing it comes down through the spirit. Okay? It comes the studying comes through the spirit as a person as a pastor. I'm, let me just explain this to you guys. I'm, I know Brother David knows a little bit about it, and some of you probably out there in the chat room has heard a little bit about it. But that's what a pastor does. A pastor just don't run around. He don't run down and go to the nursing home every day. That's not what the Scripture says he's supposed to do. His, his as being a pastor, he's supposed to give the sheep something to eat. You got it? So he's continually in the Word and in prayer. And the Spirit of God teaches him, shows him, and gives him what he what the Spirit dictates to him. He's got to be in fellowship with the Lord. 
to get what the Lord wants him to get to give to the sheep. Amen. That's the way it works, folks. And the sheep, in turn, feed the pastor. That's the way it works. <laughs> you can run, but you can't hide. If you believe the book, that's what it says. We've been over it before. I'm not going to get into all that stuff tonight. <sighs> Next verse, brother. Yeah, they're supposed to stay in the Word of God. And half of these pastors are out there reading Dale Carnegie or something and how to win friends and influence people. That's a good point, brother, and that's an absolute fact. They, get, You know where the majority of today's... Uh, I don't even want to call it. They're not. They're not no more pastors because you can tell the condition of the of the sheep of if they're, whether they're a good pastor or not. Okay. You can tell if they got a, a balanced diet of bread and meat and milk and meat and bread. You know all things that are tight and honey, all that stuff that goes with all the counsel of God. Not only just meat. So you can run around and flash your new doctrine out on somebody. But stuff like lordship. Stuff about loving the Lord Jesus and loving the brethren. See, that's balanced diet. So I know you, you, a lot of you fly along and never stop to think about these things. That's just as scriptural as any Anglo-Israel truth or anything else I've ever taught you. And you that are faithful to this program, God bless your soul. Brother Don loves you. You don't have no clue how much I appreciate you. All I can do is do more for you. Oh, see, that's 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 the way I can pay you back. You keep on doing more for you, but everything I possibly can, so you'll be healthy and you won't wither away on a stem or go after some reprobate with with you know enticing words and ear tickling junk. Continue, brother David. Verse 5, and the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. <laughs> what did you just say, Brother David? Proselyte. Of Antioch. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. They'll lie to you, folks. They'll lie to you. I said, they'll lie to you, whether by on purpose or lack of knowledge. It makes no difference. Most of the time, it's because of the lack of the Spirit of God dwelling in them. I have no problem saying that. I've heard all the ones you've heard. Okay? 
I doubt very seriously if you've heard one that I hadn't heard and hadn't heard recently. Okay? You have a guest that's asking what's so funny, may they ask? They oh, just get explain it, Brother David. Well, the proselyte means that they're a convert, that they're not a, a Hebrew. Israelite. They're not an Israelite. They're not a Hebrew. An Israelite. Yeah, they could be a Hebrew from the Greek side, possibly. You but mean, they that, you mean Israelite? Yes. Okay. A Hebrew or an Israelite. Right, right. The, the Greeks. But he could be from some other race. Just says proselyte doesn't say. So, you know, uh, there were proselytes from other races as well. When you've got stranger and proselyte together in the same verse, that's two words describing two classes of people. We found that in Acts chapter 2. Remember that, Brother David? Yes. Mm-hmm. So you got the two different words describing two different classes of folks. So they can't, they that don't fit. that. You can't Hebrew them in. You understand what I'm saying, Brother David? You can't. It's impossible. can't be done. Not unless you want to lie and pervert the Scriptures and rest the Scriptures to your own destruction. And now, hey, now let me just stop right here just a second. There's a reason that he's he here, out here separate from the rest of them and called a proselyte. Why didn't they just call him, he's our brother in Christ? You notice he didn't say that. See what you've learned, brother. Why didn't the Scriptures say that, brother? Well, first, let me clarify. Did you say that a stranger can't be a proselyte? No, I said when it talks about strangers and proselytes in the same verse. Oh, yes, there are two, it's different, two different words. It's two different. I hate yes. to say this. It's two different Greek words, brother. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. I understand. Okay. okay. But explain. Now, just let's look at this now. The Holy Spirit chose to use the word proselyte. Yes. And he didn't choose to use anything like that up here talking about Stephen. Why? Because some are Israelites, some are the are are part of the of the elect, and the proselytes not. Mm-hmm. You got it. You see what I'm saying, yes. Brother David? Yes, I see it. Yes. And we'll see this again as we get further on in here. Okay? Don't lose that. That's that's what you once you understand the three divisions. Then you see, once the division's been made plain to you, then as you're reading, the Spirit of God that wrote the book will make this stuff jump out and you can understand. You'll understand what's coming down. 99.9999999% of people that profess Christianity never get to that point, folks. Not today. Not today. We're in the Laodicean era, okay? We're not in the era Philadelphia era. We're in the Laodicean era, okay? Rich and increased with goods and have no need of anything. We're not of the era that has kept his word and gets no rebuke. So once you study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, then this then once you get that in your mind that you have to look out for this stuff, you got the you got the remnant according to the election of grace, you got national Israel, and you got the whosoever will. Once you get that three divisions, or as Paul said, the Jew, the Gentile, and the church of God. 
One, two, three. Once you get that three down, you understand the division. Then you, when, when you're reading the Scriptures, you'll catch it. The Spirit of God will make it jump out at you. Then you'll be able to rightly divide the word of truth. The days of great students of the Word of God, like Dr. Ethelbert Bullinger, who knew the English Bible by memory, almost. He knew our English Bible, the King James Bible, better probably than any man that's ever lived. The days of him and people like Stam and O'Hare that were open to the teaching of the Holy Spirit and got called heretics by the rest of their brethren they understood this. We're talking about 18th and 19th century Christianity, folks. We're not talking about this modern-day BS. That's why Brother Don has tried to take a rod and drive you back in time and try to get you away from this world system, get your mind and your attitude away from the way the world looks at stuff, the way that the, the, away from the way this age that we're in now looks at things, that has been infiltrated with Jewish lies and secular humanism, okay, and the godhood of science over God's Word. And Brother Don has tried and tried and will continue. See, my plan is, I, I, I do everything with absolute malice of forethought, folks. I just don't come and pop off something, okay? It's pre-planned. But it's for your benefit. And there are people that come here and leave immediately. And then there's the ones, the jewels that stay. Got a couple questions in the chat yeah. room. Go ahead. Guess for us. What did these nigger converts believe? And then also asked, did, did he not believe Jews were chosen of God, meaning Bullinger? Oh, I could care less what Bullinger believed about the Jew because I believe the same thing. Okay? See, so when you, once you get that Jew attitude that anybody that believes that can't have any truth, you're already, you done fell off the boat. God ain't going to show you squat. Nobody's got all the truth. Nobody's got all the truth. Then they'd, have, then they'd be just like the Father. I have one question, too. Yeah, just to it's absolutely clear. Nicholas, then, is a proselyte from among the whosoever wills. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. You see, I, I hate to even mention Acts chapter 7 tonight, but I'm, it looks like I'm going to have to. Once you get past Acts chapter 7, folks, everything changes, okay? Like I, I gave you a teaser earlier telling you there's no more miracles that's recorded in Jerusalem ever, okay? Not in the Scripture of Truth. There is none. They all stop. It ceases. Nobody else after Acts chapter seven gets the Holy Spirit by being baptized. Did you hear did you hear me? Okay. After Acts chapter seven, nobody has to be baptized to get the Spirit of God. I've been holding this back. Now I'm just I'll just I'll give you a couple of teasers. We'll get into it Friday night. Continue on, Brother David. Certainly. Verse six. 
whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. So we see that the laying on hands is a scriptural practice. I've made allusion to this. I made allusions to it last night. I'll make allusion to it again. I never brought in this laying on the hands thing, okay? But I'm just telling you, if you if you're a diligent student of Christian history, all the way back to the beginning, I've told you that if you're diligent, you will see the line that comes right out of Antioch and goes right on down through the first and second century and does not join up in 325 A.D. with the whore and stays separate and gets persecuted by the compromising church. Okay? There's a line. They're Bogomiles. I told, mentioned it last night. They're Paulicians. All right? They're French Huguenots. Okay? They're Cathari. Did they have all the truth? Absolutely not. But there's one thing they had in common. The Anabaptist. Okay? They all believed in the inspiration of the words of God, and they believed in salvation by grace through faith. That was the glue that has held them together all these years. And now there's such a remnant of that Bible-believing bunch, they've taken on the name, and I even hate to say this because I know a bunch, and I come from a bunch, bless their hearts, They'll use the name tag. They'll profess it. But when you get down to the nitty-gritty and try to show them something, they look like a tree full of owls looking around. And that's Bible believers. That's the name that they took on. See, that's nothing new. That's not a new doctrine, folks. Just because you hadn't been associated with it doesn't mean it hadn't been there. And they sure the people that try to teach you otherwise, that try to make themselves the final authority, they absolutely ain't going to mention what I just told you. Because when you understand there's always been a final authority for God's people, even as the canon was being put together, once you understand that, God was using what they had at the time. That was their final authority. And as it progressed, the canon came together. And God sealed it. Just like he sealed up the book of Daniel to the time of the end. Okay? And until you get that, I don't care what you believe. I'm telling you to drop your belief or what you think you know for a second, and give God a chance to deal in your life and let you understand it. Brother Don, not lying to you. What do I got to back it up? About, oh, 35 million dead folks. About 35 million martyrs. That's a conservative number. See? They had something that the majority of everybody, that nobody's got now, see? came right through their line. That's why it's so imperative that you learn that history. Because it's coming back again. And if you're prepared for it, you'll know how to deal with it when it comes. I mentioned it last night. 
course, if you don't believe none of that stuff, fine. You ain't in a bunch, no way. Continue on, Brother David. Verse 7. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Oh, so some of them priests got in, too. Hmm. Wonder who they were. Don't give no answers to that. Continue on, brother. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Now, I want y'all to keep in mind, to keep this name right here in your in the back of your brain. Because it's through this man that's full of power and full of the Holy Ghost. Doing all these miracles, this is the one, this is where, the, this is the one God's going to use to answer the prayer. To, to put the culmination to the prayer that the Lord answered while he was on the cross. That the Lord God answered when he was on the cross. The, the last prayer the Son God answered before he gave up the ghost. I've done mentioned it. If anybody's new in the in the uh, chat room or there's a new downloader, it's in Luke and it's, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And God answered that prayer. And like I said, Acts chapter 7, I'm going to show it to you. You're not going to get it if you don't put Scripture with Scripture. If you don't follow the Scriptures, I'm going to get you and let the Scriptures give you the answer. You'll never get it. You won't ever, you won't get a, you won't even get a bit of it. Because if the scripture don't answer the scripture, then you ain't got no answer at all. Continue, Brother David. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and Cyrenians and Alexandrians and of them of Cilicia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. Okay, there's a bunch of that Alexander. These are some of you Alexander in Egypt. Folks, this is some of this Alexandrian bunch where where all the new Bibles get there from the Alexandrian text of Westcott and Hort. This is um, some of those Alexandrians. That's Alexandria, Egypt, folks. Do you know what Egypt is a type of in the whole Word of God? It's a type of the world. What's type, Brother Don? If you're not familiar with typology, it's where God uses a principle and uses something in plain sight to show you another truth that's ba- that, that he's trying to show forth through the scriptures. We were called out of Egypt, okay, as people. We're just like we're called out of the world. Like I was talking about the other night in John, First John chapter two, in Romans chapter twelve, and many times the Lord Himself said it, especially in John seventeen. I don't make this stuff up. I'm telling you the truth with Scripture, not with opinion, not with interpretation, because there's no Scripture of any private interpretation. Therefore, if the Scripture don't give you the answer to the Scripture, you don't have an answer at all. You have an assumption. I'm not going to restate that again. You can rewind the tape and listen to it later and listen to it two or three times, okay? 
till you get it. Whether you believe it or not, that's when you're in the Lord. Continue on, Brother David. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Then they suborned men, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. Against Moses and against God. This is what this bunch of heathens, some of these heathens are saying. Because, and I'm going to tell you, there's another, there's some more, there's some more um, Alexandrians out there today. They love the Alexandrian text. They love West Cotton Horse text. They love that Western text. Some of them wrote their own Bible. Some of them think that they're so full of the Spirit of God. No, they don't even know whether there be any Spirit of God. They wrote their own Bible. Yeah. Did a better job than the Spirit of God did. <laughs> but notice there's this bunch here. Okay? There's always then they're same today. They're gonna accuse you, especially you that come to this program, they're gonna accuse you of bad mouthing Moses and the law. That's what they're gonna do. They don't believe in the law, they're antinomians. Couldn't be a bigger lie out of hell. No different. There's nothing new under the sun, folks. The same excuses are used in every era, in every generation. They're just packaged a different way. I said the same techniques... And the same methods and the same phrases are used in every age, in every generation. They're just packaged differently. There's nothing new under the sun. And what has happened in the past, God's going to require happen again in the future until it's all over. You'll find that in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, 8, 9, and 10, and Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 15. Continue on, Brother David. You notice how they, uh, the Jews, they bribed the men to, to attack Stephen and to say that he spoke blasphemous words against Moses and against God? I wonder. I wonder if that's going on today. Of course it is. You got John Hagee. That's a good one that gets bribed all the time. Yeah. And you got and then you got the dumb idiots that just follow right along like I did for so long just because they were in error in their t- in learning. Mm-hmm. Not no reason to cast them away your brethren because they're in error. You were in error one time. Or were you born with all the knowledge you have now? You see how hypocritical you folks are sometimes? Who made you a ruler in Israel? <laughs> As the scriptures say. <laughs> we've all been guilty of that, folks, okay? We've all been guilty. That's that old human nature. It's that do it's that it's that Adamic nature in us that you're never going to get rid of till you take that last breath. That's 
the reason Brother Don tells you how important Romans 7 is. Do you understand that? It's not your outward. It's the sin that dwelleth in you that gets you. Not an outward commission. It's the sin that dwelleth in your mortal body. And you're going to carry it. You're going to carry it till the day you die. And you're going to have to fight it and put a check on it and do the best you can and take little baby steps here and then long steps when the, when God gives you the grace and opens the door of opportunity. And when God gives you light, you take a longer step. You go through that door. Because he'll crack it open if you don't if you don't go through it. He'll shut it. He'll shut it. He'll shut it because he knows your heart. But when that old man it falls off and that new man is encumbered by the ball and chain of this flesh, when that new man steps out and it is given a visible new body, what a day that will be! Continue on, brother David. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council and set up false witnesses which said, This man ceased not to speak blasphemous words against the holy place and the law. See there? Against the holy place and the law. They must be antinomians. <laughs> You see, that's what they accuse Paul of, folks. And they just as they're just as white as snow white. Today it ain't no different. You remember your brother Esau? He was your brother. You remember that? Remember you came out of the same womb? Do you remember that? No different today. Only difference is Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. One is obedient, the other one was not. Which Israelite are you? Are you the Jacobite, the obedient one, with all the frailties of the flesh, conniving, that has to keep putting it down, and the Lord has to cripple you for the rest of your life till you get it right? Did see see you did you did know Jacob was a type of the New Testament Christian, didn't you? Oh yes. You can learn more about Christianity and the individual Christian life by studying Jacob than you can in than just about you can in the New Testament, if you know how to apply it. If you knew about Jacob, you'd know that God loved Jacob. Have I loved that old lying, conniving, two-timing heathen? <laughs> God loved him, but God beat the hell out of him. He suffered, just like you will, if you're his. Next verse, Brother David. For we have heard him heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses Moses delivered us. Okay. He says, Jesus man, this Nazareth, this Na- Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place. So Peter would, I mean Stephen, he wasn't just 
teaching, you know, he was teaching everything. He had full knowledge that the, that the Lord at his second coming. Keep in mind that he knew Isaiah. He knew Ezekiel. He knew the minor prophets. He knew Zechariah. Especially with this in, indwelling of the Holy Spirit to give him this understanding. Remember back up here, full of the Holy Ghost and all the wisdom he had? Say, did you miss that? So he's telling me, God going to tear this place all to hell. You don't want to be a part of it. Because that's what it says, you know, back in, in the prophets, you know. Going to tear it all to hell. <laughs> and he is. At his second coming. Now, see, they're already mentioning one aspect of the second coming right here in verse 14. Read it again, brother. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. Now, they, they're not lying. See? They're not lying because it's totally contrary to everything they believe. Stephen did tell them that. Keep that in mind. They're mentioning it right here. You would just pass over that and not even stop and think about it. Because the next chapter is going to be the dividing line. Because everything, because Stephen undoubtedly said, the Lord's coming back. He's coming back shortly. He's going to tear this place up. He's going to kill all you reprobates that don't believe in him. He's looking for the second coming, just like all the rest of the apostles are. And all the disciples. That's what they're teaching. That's the reason Stephen mentions it here. That's the reason Stephen is quoted as being saying that. I don't know that. Because the commission was, they were told to go into all the world. In Matthew 28, in Acts chapter 1, they were told to go in Judea and Samaria and everywhere else. They didn't go in nowhere. They're sitting there in Jerusalem on their can. Why? 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 There's thousands of them there. New converts. Full of the Holy Spirit. Why are they still there? Because they're expecting Christ to come back at any time. That's what they're thinking. The scriptures don't say that. But actions speak louder than words. And if you know the other parts in the rest of the book, you understand that. And I'll show you that this coming Friday night in Acts chapter 7. Like I said, it's one of the three or four most important chapters in the New Testament. Acts chapter 7, Romans chapter 7, some others. Next verse, brother, verse 15, we'll go ahead and close for tonight. And all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Full of the Holy You see, you see what I'm saying, folks? This guy's got, he's on, he's got it. He, he's full of the Spirit, and he loves the Lord, and he's doing what he's supposed to do, and he's laying it out there, and we're going to see one of the greatest sermons preached. In Acts chapter 7, 
in the whole New Testament. He goes from Genesis to Revelation, man. Don't forget, you got all, keep in mind all these people that you've got here, this council. Not just the Libertines and the Alexandrians. Okay? Now remember, this is taking place around the time of the feast, when they were people from all, when they were Israelites, Judeans, Judean Israelites, from every nation. They're still there. And representatives are going to show up in the next chapter. It's going to be a council. They're all going to be there. From the known Judean Israelites, there's going to be a representative there to hear this message that Stephen's going to preach. They're going to get their last shot at bringing in the kingdom. Yes, and you know uh, right here where it says they were looking steadfastly. And I know you know what I'm talking about here. Yes, I do. They were transfixed. That's correct. They were looking into his mind. They were looking at him. The Holy Ghost was on them. And they were transfixed. And the Holy Ghost was convicting of their sins and of their errors and showing them this man is speaking the truth and his face is shining like an angel. That's right. What are you guys going to do with it? Hallelujah, brother. You're spot on. Absolutely. Say, so why are you taking so much time telling us all this? Because if you don't, you, you won't. Don't you want to learn? You, you want some knowledge, real knowledge, biblical truth. If you miss what I'm leading up to Friday night, then you're gonna miss it all. You're gonna wind up standing there, you're running around in a little circle in your dark room. You got because you got to get that division. It determines the way you look at what's said from then on to the rest of the book of Acts on into the book of Romans. See, first of all, you got to understand that it's a complete book and not a bunch of Greek manuscripts. That's the first thing you've got to get wiped out of your brain and get it in your heart that God said he preserved his work. See, that's the first, everything revolves around his book. And he's promised to preserve his book. Everything revolves around it. Why? Because the very first sin committed on this earth the very first one committed was doubting what God said. Adding to, subtracting from the Word of God. Doubting God and adding to His Word and taking away from His Word. Allah, Genesis chapter 3. When Satan tempted Eve. That's just part of it. I, hey, I know all the rest, okay? I teach you all the rest. But that was the first element. How did she get in that position, in that prone position to start with? Uh-huh. Doubting God's Word. Adding to it, taking away from it. She added to it, and Satan took away from it. That's the way, hey, it's right there in the beginning. <laughs> right off the bat. That's where it starts. Yea, hath God said. And I don't give a tinker's damn how many Bible versions you got. I don't care what you've been taught or what you believe. What Brother Don is telling you right now is the number A1 gospel truth. 
till you get your mind wrapped around that and adjust your way of thinking to that, your light and your revelation is going to be na-na. See, I, I could spend all my, why didn't I just come in here and spend my time on Satan having sex with Eve when I dealt with wrong with Genesis 3? Then you wouldn't even have her stop to think about what I just told you. You that's been with me a long time. Y'all understand. My God, you haven't got it by now. You're never going to get it. <laughs> I know you got it. I've heard you explain it. But to any new listeners, they, have, they don't understand it. So I suggest you go back and listen to Genesis 3. And that's what started it all, is messing with what God said. Now, he either said something or he didn't. That's you know, that's the bottom line. You believe he said something? Okay, you're on the right track. If you believe he said something, you're on, you on. You got your foot in the door, okay? Or do you believe that he created everything? And you got your foot in the other door. And, and you, got, you got them side by side. Would you believe he's able to keep exactly what he wants you to get? Do you think he's a big enough God? Because that's not my, I'm not giving you a speculation. It's because he promises he's able to keep it, and he promises to preserve it forever. You got If you get that, then you really, you're walking now. Now, when you understand that he magnified what he's preserved and he's got for you in the language where you can understand it, then you get to the point for the next step, understanding he's magnified that above his very name. Did you hear what I said? He's magnified his little W-O-R-D above his name very name. And you don't think he's going to keep it for you? After he's promised he would? See, once you get past that hurdle, you're on easy street now. And folks, if you don't, if I've done lost you back there, where you, you don't, you're not even in the ball game. You may hear some things that are taught by somebody that does believe the book and adhere to those things, but as far as you being taught by the Spirit of God and the Lord showing you something, you might as well forget it. I promise you. How do I know? History. By their fruits you shall know them. That makes some of you sick that I'm always that I always wind up talking about this book. But see, it's imperative. See, you've got to have it. You've got to get that. If you don't, that's the reason I keep going back to it. That's the primary step. You don't have that. You don't have, that's the ticket. That's the ticket to Revelation is understanding an absolute authority that you have it and you got it and you know it and you have faith in it and you believe it. Therefore you can adhere your life to everything it says. Not what you're, it's presumed to teach. 
See, it's not the paragraphs and the context and all that, even though that's important. It's the very words. That's the kicker. Christ said, the very words I speak to you, they are spirit, they are life. Get in that. You're gonna get like I said. You get that stuff. You're on the road. And if you don't, if you don't get it or you don't adapt it, you ain't never gonna be there. And five years from now, Lord, if everything keeps on going like it's going, I bet I can ask you questions. You still, if you like I said, you may get it if somebody that believes that teaches it to you, and you may adhere and adopt that knowledge. But I thought you wanted that you were desirous to grow, and not only in body and spirit. In your knowledge. See, Paul says to grow in the truth and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wonder if you ain't got anybody that adheres to that. To teach you something. How are you going to teach yourself? How are you going to know when the time comes and the Spirit of God does what He says He's going to do like He did in Mark Mark chapter 13 and in Matthew chapter 24. What you going to do then? See, by then you should be, when you get when you get down to that point to where the Lord says don't answer any questions that they, they don't say, don't give your own answer to anything, but the Holy Spirit will speak, will speak through you. You'll be tearing those scriptures up. Well, if you ain't got the true scriptures, how will you know for sure? You say you got the Greek. You don't have squat. God wouldn't use the Greek or Hebrew if you found the manuscripts in a in a lead vault today somewhere in the Middle East. He wouldn't even he wouldn't he wouldn't give them second thought. See, it's a living word. It don't die. It didn't die with the Greek and Hebrew or the Aramaic. That's what I got to get through to some of you folks. No, I don't have to. The Spirit of God needs to get because it's the Spirit of God that shows you that. Either the, I, 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 excuse me. Let me phrase it this way: either I'm telling you an idea from man, or either I'm giving it straight to you from the devil, or either I'm telling you the truth from the Spirit of God. Now you choose. You say it's the devil. I'm glad you made your choice. Have a nice life. It sure ain't my idea. I wasn't raised that way. I was 21 years old before I become a Christian. Before the Lord decided to turn my light on, light my candle, and I lived like hell for 21 years, okay? I wasn't searching for no truth. So it's highly un- and had no biblical upbringing and didn't darken the doors of church other than a wedding and a funeral. Now either the devil taught me this or I taught it to myself or the Lord did. Now you be the judge. And ask yourself, when you first profess Christ as Savior, the very first, 
did you when you opened that book, did your heart not burn knowing that every word came off that white paper and those black letters was straight out of the mouth of God? Think back. Did not you think that every word and period that came out of that book was straight from the mouth of God? Well, who told you it wasn't? (laughs) Ah, yes. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that we've had to spend together tonight, Lord. Father, I pray that you would enlighten the hearts of each one under the sound of my voice, that you would give them an extra dispensation of understanding, Father. I pray that your candle would burn bright within their bodies, within their souls, Father, that you'd illuminate them to the truths that's been taught tonight. Father, we can teach these truths because you've done it in our lives and millions and millions of other lives as well. This this, uh, This whole idea of your majesty and your preserving your word didn't happen in a corner. You're the father of everything. You made everything. You created everything. Everything is in your power. And when you make a statement, we can rest on it as being true. Every jot and tittle. Father, I pray that you would burn this into the hearts of the listeners, the downloaders. I pray that there's anyone out there that just happens to be listening for ridicule's sake or entertainment purposes, and they've never had an encounter with you on their road to Damascus. I pray that you'd facilitate that if they're part of your elect, part of your remnant, according to the election of grace. My people, our kindred. And if they're not and they're listening to us, and I know some do, you, our Father made a way. That's the reason Christ's blood was shed. It was shed for the world. So he could get out of pearl great price. And since it's shed for the world, there's steps and provisions made for those that are in the world. Contrary to every false teacher, every cult leader, every abuser of this book, and every charlatan that's out there, contrary to anything that they say. I pray that you'd grant the hearts their heart's desire, Lord, as a sign. Anything, anything to bring them closer to you, Lord Jesus. That they'd draw closer to your bosom. If in unbelief like Thomas put their metaphorical hands into your side, their fingers into the nail prints, till they fall in love with you and your word. 
so they can accomplish this purpose that we're here for, each individual perfecting process and for eternity. And I ask all these things in Jesus' name and for his sake alone. Amen and amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Contact information for Don Spears Ministry, telephone number 334-397-2333. The email is joydon1953 at yahoo.com. Mailing address is 3155 Louisville Street, apartment D1, Clio, Alabama, zip code 36017, 36017. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you, Brother David. You did a great job, folks. God bless each and every one of you folks in the chat room tonight and all you downloaders as well. Man, every word that I said. Lord willing, folks, we'll get into Acts chapter 7. This coming Friday night, and bring your pad and paper and take down the references and be ready to have ears to hear. Good night, folks. Good night, Brother David. Great job. Good night, Brother David. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Have a good week at work. And, Brother David, if you get a chance later on this week, give me a call, okay? Okay. All right, Brother. Take care. Love you. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye.